This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's Jan and thanks for listening to the Langpreneur podcast. Now, before I'm going to share with you who we are going to interview today, um, first wanted to ask you what you're going to do by the end of March this year. Because Oli and I are organizing a Langpreneur business breakthrough. Basically an event, it's a two-day workshop which is going to take place in Berlin, Germany and Oli and I will be personally coaching you through the process of building your online language business of your dreams. It's going to be a very small event. Um, so yeah, you will join a small intimate group of passionate, like-minded, ambitious people from the world of languages to network from, to learn from, and of course to create f friendships with. Um, Yeah, so it's basically going to be a workshop. There will be coaching sessions by Oli in combination with net organized networking events and uh, mastermind sessions as well. So if you want to come, make sure to head over to langpreneur.com because as I said, it's going to be a small event. Spots are limited and the price is going to double by the end of this month, by the end of January. Okay, so well... Then let's talk about today's interview because today we are talking to Johan Terfak from Français Authentique. Um, he has one of the biggest YouTube channels for French learners. And in the interview with Johan, you are going to learn how he built a massive audience all while holding down a stressful full-time job in the automotive industry. And you're also going to learn how he turned this platform into a profitable online business so are you ready for my interview with johan then let's get started with the show enjoy johan welcome to the langpreneur podcast um johan tell us a little bit about francais authentique and how did you get to the idea of starting a blog or a youtube channel absolutely hi jan hi everybody uh, thank you for having me Um, I started France Authentique as a platform, as a structure in 2011. Mm -hmm. And at this time, I was living in Austria and I was struggling a lot with uh, languages. I was struggling uh, to learn German. I was struggling to switch between German and English. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was looking for new ways and new methods to learn languages uh, I, I would say effortlessly, but <laughs> I, I think it's better to say with more uh, efficiency. Mm -hmm. And um, I came across Steve Kaufman, Stephen Krashen, all these people we are, who are explaining us that we can learn languages uh, by listening to a lot of input and mm -hmm. by listening uh, to a lot of stuff that uh, are interesting to us. Mm -hmm. And I started to look for this kind of stuff in German. Mm -hmm. uh, which was very, very complicated at the time, uh, and I couldn't find anything. So it was mm -hmm. uh, with this problem, um, I, uh, I saw that there was a need in the German market. And mm -hmm. at the same time, I met a lot of Austrian uh, people who wanted to learn French. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and we needed exactly the same material that I was needing in, needed in German and we mm-hmm. couldn't find it. So uh, mm-hmm. I started to research. I was inspired by uh, a lot of people, uh, Steve Kaufman, as I said, but A.G. Hogg as well in English and mm-hmm. uh, this kind of uh, people. And I yeah. decided to just start uh, recording videos and uh, podcasts and uh, writing blog posts Uh, mm-hmm. just to help people to solve their problem. That's how it started in 2011. Yeah, very interesting because, I mean, like the things that we are doing, having a YouTube channel, blogging about language learning, it's something that's relatively new, right? I mean, you've been doing this since 2011 and I think it's kind of funny to hear when you say that almost no one was doing that at the time, like this industry changed so fast. So tell True. us a little bit about how you how you got started. Like what was the first thing that you did was it a youtube channel that you started out with or was it a blog or uh, actually well, i started everything at the same time and i bootstrapped everything so i was not like it will become something big uh, it was just like i will try something and just see uh, if i can help people because i mm-hmm. i already knew that if you can help enough people then uh, you will have a business at the end mm-hmm. it's not the other so, way around you you try to help people to bring value and if you do it you will uh, you will help uh, you will get a lot of success afterwards so I, I really focused on helping and it was just mm-hmm. I had a video camera without a microphone I just started to record some uh, videos the sound was bad the picture <laughs> uh, was bad and are the videos still up there on your YouTube channel can we can we still find them yes yes I, uh, oh, yeah. I, I never deleted any video so the first <laughs> one was cool. uh, taken with the it was the iPhone 4 of my wife yeah. uh, without tripod without mic so it was the <laughs> quality was terrible but it it really enabled me to test the concept Yeah. And uh, at the same time, I tried post- podcasting because I uh, I like this format. It gives you the opportunity to go a little bit deeper. And yeah. I wrote blog posts as well. So I, I, I did everything at the same time and mm-hmm. I continued to do everything that works. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yes, that's how it evolved. Cool. I think there's a big lesson here because many people might be listening and, you know, maybe they want to start a YouTube channel or a podcast, but they're not sure which camera to buy. But just as you did, you just got started and you used whatever you had around you. It's true um, in everything, uh, Jan. So uh, we met uh, in London uh, mm-hmm. in, in November and I yeah. met people. Uh, it, it, it was a summit. It was the third one, I think. And I met mm-hmm. people that uh, took part of the second one, the first one. So it was their third year in a row. And they yeah. were all uh, trying to understand what they will try to do in the next year. So this uh, procrastination <laughs> yeah. and trying to do everything perfectly can become a big problem if you don't act, right? Yeah. Well, I think that's the first big lesson already <laughs> after five minutes in this interview here. If you're not, if you have an idea, but you're not sure what to do, what kind of equipment to use, just get started like Johan did. And even if you don't have the time or if you think you don't have the time, Johan was working uh, full time actually in the automotive industry. He had a yeah. high paid job. Um, Johan, can you talk a little bit about how you combined um, working for a company and uh, having a busy job and at the same time start this this Francais Authentique project on the side? Mm -hmm. Uh, First of all, I didn't give priority to it. So it was not like it's my second job, I have to work uh, four, five, six hours a day. It was just Mm -hmm. like I will definitely uh, invest one hour every day. I will try to do a little bit more on the weekend. 
but it's a mm -hmm. side project. So I was very clear at the beginning that it was a side project and that uh, it would need time if I wanted to expand it. Uh, mm -hmm. If you start, you know, like uh, I wanted to grow fast and I, uh, I put myself uh, under pressure mm -hmm. and I will work two, three, four hours a day, uh, having a job that is taken 10 hours a day, it won't work, right? So I really mm -hmm. decided to, to do it a side project. Mm -hmm. I was very focused on the important stuff. It was just at the beginning, I put content. I don't try to, uh, I created a course uh, quickly, but it, mm -hmm. was, it was not like I tried to be on every interviews everywhere. I tried to mm -hmm. do ads. I tried, I really focused on uh, content and answering people that were uh, asking me for advices. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, I tried to use all my dead time, you know, the time when mm -hmm. you are in the car. So when you spend mm -hmm. uh, 30 minutes in the car, you can record a podcast, right? So mm -hmm. I really tried to use all these times to not only to learn because I learned during these times, but only to uh, also to produce content for my uh, audience. Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea about how to start blogging or how to start a podcast or a YouTube channel? Like, were you learning from? Did you figure out all these things by yourself, uh, or just by googling, or but by googling? What did you so know it's, about? It's not like yeah. uh, you can invent this kind of stuff. Uh, I just googled and I checked. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of applying what I like. So mm -hmm. if I uh, I listened to a podcast in English, by example, it was a very small podcast, but I liked the 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 style of the guy uh, I don't remember how it was called um, mm -hmm. but it, it was a very small podcast but this guy had, had a way to present his uh, concepts and to explain his ideas that I really liked and I yeah. just tried to apply it my uh, with my style uh, mm -hmm. so I, uh, I was inspired so how to blog it's the same I, I read blogs and I tried to do what I felt was okay. And then you, mm -hmm. you test so the, the, the beauty of this bootstrapping uh, strategy is that you cannot fail because you try, if uh, it doesn't work, then you try something else. Yeah, exactly. Do, do you see traction from the beginning? Like, do you see that it was working, that what you were working on? Um, yes and no. So uh, yes, because very quickly I saw that uh, that my message was helpful. So it, mm -hmm. it it's very important from the beginning to get this kind of confirmation. So that's why yeah. I say yes. That came very quickly, but mm -hmm. I also say no because every uh, content creator know that at the beginning when you put something uh, online nobody cares and nobody watch so at the beginning yeah. it was the same for me uh you have five views on your first youtube channel uh one from you one from your mother one from your brother and two from people that probably uh, clicked without knowing it so yeah. it's very very hard and uh it's just with time and with the compound effect of your efforts that it starts to to become yeah. bigger right yeah. So maybe the most important thing is actually just to, to take action, get started, do something that's feasible for you to do, like something that you can do every every day or a few times a week, and then just keep going. Um, how long did it take for you when you actually realized, hey, I think I have a business here? Um, I would say approximately six months to one year. So I started... Only I six months to one year. That, that's pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah, so... Um, 
but it, it was not like I sold a lot. It was just mm -hmm. like I was able to sell something. Okay. And to me, it's the first confirmation. So I think I, yeah. I had my first sale after, yes, probably six months after yeah. uh, my first video. Mm -hmm. And um, th that was for me the confirmation because if one people, uh, one person buys, then it mm -hmm. means that, uh, that you have a business. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of scaling and convincing more people. So yeah. I, I would say, yes, six, six months was uh, probably the first, uh, the first realization that it can work. Yeah. And I could have uh, lived from it, I think after two years, probably it could have be, uh, became my uh, main activity. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, well, I think that's still pretty fast. So what exactly did you do between, let's say, the sixth month, like when you made your first sale, um, until you actually could, could live off of this business? What were some of the activities, some of the actions that you took in order to, um, yeah, to make it a real business that you can actually live off? That's the beauty. Nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, it's not like that I didn't do anything, but I mm -hmm. did. I, I just pursued what I started at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I, st I continued. Uh, a, lo a lot of people, they give up before, the, before they achieve uh, or they, um, they achieve success just, before, yeah. just because they give up too early. And yeah. uh, I just continued, uh, put more content online. I tried to uh, be reactive on social media. I tried to test uh, so many things, uh, as many things as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when I started to do, to explain some uh, French idioms. I saw that mm -hmm. it was popular, so I did once per, uh, one per week. So just, th there was nothing special. It was just continuing testing um, interacting with my audience to be really sure that uh, I got their message and mm -hmm. adapting the the platform so that it helps more people. That that was mm -hmm. you know not one big breakthrough, but a lot of small actions that led to more uh, more value to my audience. Mm -hmm. So you said that after two years, you probably would have been able to quit your job and just live off your uh, of Français Authentique. Mm -hmm. um, when did you actually quit your job and um, yeah, why did you make that decision then? It was almost five years. Okay, after the first five years. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the reason why it took so long uh, is because one, it's because of my personality. Because I, uh, you know, I like security, and I was a little bit afraid of mm -hmm. uh, doing it as a main business. You know, it's something yeah. very different. Uh, if you bootstrap it and try to focus mainly or exclusively on bringing value, mm -hmm. when it starts to be a business, uh, it's always more difficult. So I really, uh, I felt I needed more security and more time. Yeah. Uh, it was probably a mistake, but uh, it was how I felt it at the time. And yeah. second, I had, as you said in the introduction, I had a high paying job and yeah. it's very hard sometimes to say, okay, I will give up this job, high paying. Uh, I worked a lot to achieve the position. Uh, I studied for a long time. So it mm -hmm. was also a little bit hard to realize that I had to, to give it up. So that's why it took more time. Yeah. So when was the moment where you made actually as much with Français Authentique than with your, with your, with your job that you had at the time? Mm, it's hard to say because you, you don't take every uh, all the profit as a salary, so it's yeah. it's hard to to compare. But mm -hmm. I think when when I uh, after after I would say 
four years probably so one year before i really decided to leave yeah. my job i was already making enough uh and probably the same as uh, i i was making from my job well that must have been a scary decision to 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 quit that job it was and i think without my wife uh it would have taken longer so uh, as i <laughs> as i said i need security my wife was more like uh Johan, you will burn out because that's uh that's uh, probably what would have happened yeah. uh, at the end. So she said, no, you, you now have to take a decision, uh, either <laughs> the job or France Authentique. And it was a very easy decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what did, you, what did you tell your boss? And what did he say? And, and your co-workers? Like, did you say that you had another project going on? Or? So be, before I, uh, before I uh, left my job, I just mm -hmm. told, the, told it, I just told my boss because I had to legally. So uh, he, he had to sign and to give me permission to do something on the side. Oh, really? uh, so he was the only one to know, but he, he was the plant manager. So he, he didn't care. And I think he didn't really understand what was going on. But otherwise, yeah. uh, I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want uh, anybody to... Yeah. to bring bad energy you know like yeah. uh, it will never work or this kind of thing so i was yeah, exactly. always uh, the only one to know my family uh, knew it but i was uh, i was not speaking about it yeah. and when i uh, finally said everybody okay i will uh, leave the company they all the oh okay you found another job and when i started to explain they were all they, they, they needed time to understand so you probably know the feeling when people don't yeah. really know what you are doing all day long <laughs> exactly and i think that's you know this feeling is everyone listening to this podcast everyone who works with languages you know everyone who is a langpreneur i think can relate to it because people do not really understand what we do right mm -hmm. like he works with translate with with languages so are you a translator or this whole concept of online business is, is very hard to understand for someone who doesn't know anyone who has ever done this before exactly right? they all so, asked if i was teacher so to me it was not the translation it was uh, are you a teacher are you giving on yeah. a, a course on site so, yeah <laughs> so how, how do you deal with that and like how do you explain that to like your friends and family for example that they that they get it or mm. Not really, I think so. I just explained uh, exactly what was the the concept. I told them uh, to to watch the to take a look at the website if they wanted to know more. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people didn't get it. So uh, there, there were some friends that asked me, you know, three times in a row when I saw them each time. But can you tell me exactly what you are doing? So <laughs> it, it, it's like uh, they they don't really understand that people can live from an online business. Mm -hmm. um, some of them, they didn't tell it directly, but I really felt it. They were like, okay, it's just a very small side project. And this guy were, is, is leaving a high paying job to, to earn very little money. So they, they, <laughs> they didn't really realize what, uh, what is behind uh, this kind of, uh, of platforms mm -hmm. and businesses. Mm -hmm. You had had a pretty successful career um, before you started Francais Authentique. How did that transition go? Like, because you had to, I guess you had to go to an office every day with co-workers, maybe do some traveling, living abroad, with lots of people around you. How was that transition from you know, being surrounded by so many people all the time to working from home, basically? It was amazing. It, it's funny because a <laughs> lot of people ask me uh, how it went and a lot of people, when they ask, 
they feel that the answer should be, oh, it was very hard uh, and yeah. I felt lonely. <laughs> But it, it's, it's absolutely not the case. So probably because of my personality, Yeah. Uh, but the transition was nice. I was uh, in my previous job. I was all the time on the phone, on meetings. Uh, uh, I was traveling a lot. Uh, I mm -hmm. couldn't really sit down for five minutes before having someone in my office or uh, the the phone was ringing. I couldn't uh, leave for two days uh, without having 200 emails. So it was really, really <laughs> a lot of constant pressure. And yeah. then you you stop this and from one day to the other, you are alone in your office and decide exactly what you do. So to me, it was very easy to adapt, uh, probably because <laughs> the previous life was not very fulfilling for me. So I'm not I'm more the guy that is happy to to go for a walk, to take time to think about uh, some creative projects. And uh, it was to me, it was a dream that became true, actually. Well, that sounds like a, a very good way to, to, to finally find peace after yeah. such a stressful exactly. career. Yeah. I mean, me, myself, I've always, I've always, I've always been independent, right? So I, I, I don't really know what it is like to work in an office and to have co-workers. I used to work in, a, like when I was younger, I had a part-time job in a supermarket mm -hmm. where I uh, worked at the, uh, the vegetable department. I worked there for seven years and I really liked interacting with people. So sometimes I wonder, like, what would it be like to actually work in a team but after hearing your experience i think that we have to be very grateful <laughs> yes we, we we should but every i mean every person is different every experience is different uh, the world i was living in was very stressful so the automotive industry is very stressful you have to do a lot in less time uh, more with more quality and less cost so mm -hmm. you are constantly under pressure and uh, that's the first point i think there are also some other fields that are more uh, relaxed mm -hmm. and my personality is also that I'm an introvert and I'm I mean I like interacting with people but uh, I don't like to be interrupted every five minutes that was mm -hmm. the point yeah cool well let's go back to Français Authentique then because um, after five years in you went full-time Um, were there like some of the strategies that you changed because all of a sudden you had all this time what were you going to do all this time where did you just create more content or what was your strategy back then um, so first of all I created more content that's true so in terms of free content but also uh, in terms of uh, premium content so I started to create more courses I opened a membership site that mm -hmm. is taking a lot of time uh, to maintain and I started to build systems so mm -hmm. bootstrapping is uh, fine and nice and easy uh, mm -hmm. but it's also very chaotic so I really mm -hmm. needed to have structure to plan uh, launches to um, to plan a proper customer support not like oh I will just answer in five minutes in a very short Uh, email but I have uh, templates to answer mm -hmm. uh, people depending on that demand so I would say yes I created more content uh, free and premium and I started to build a structure to, to, to build a real business right I went from a almost hobby to a real business and mm -hmm. as you know uh, you need a lot of time to create all this ecosystem Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what Français Authentique looks like these days? Like talk a little bit about your following um, and also the team that you have around you. Are you doing everything 
by yourself or no so uh, i i used to i used to uh, now i have uh, an assistant that is dealing with a lot of uh, so with the customer support with the transcription because every piece of content that i'm producing is uh, with transcription so he writes everything that i'm saying um, i have another person who is dealing with uh, social media so a kind of community manager Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the, my main assistant is full-time, the other are uh, part-time. So this uh, community manager is part-time, another person is helping me with uh, video edition, another mm -hmm. person is helping me with uh, all the um, content publication. So right now I'm just, I record the content and the rest is taken care of. So mm -hmm. one person is uh, putting, is uploading everything, putting the the title, the links, all these uh, things. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's pretty it. So um, mm -hmm. my, my strategy basically is to, and I, I worked a lot for it. I, I still have a lot to do, but is to really, uh, to be focused on the content creation and to have mm -hmm. other people do uh, the rest. Yeah. Well, you've built a huge business. I mean, if people go to your website, it's, it's very hard to see from a website how big the business is, right? But for example, if you go to your YouTube channel, it's huge now, right? Like how many, you have like 700,000 followers or something? Like? It's seven, we have to check. I think it's almost yeah. eight, I think it's almost 800,000. Almost 800,000. What do you think are some of the, like what here is what is the success recipe of Francais Authentique? What what do you think it is? Do you do you think it's consistency, or do you think it's your style, or what do you think that you have managed to do so well that other? It's hard to say. So it's seven hundred. It's not eight hundred. It's seven hundred. Um, mm -hmm. And the recipe. It's hard to say. I think so. If I would have to pick one, I would say consistency because mm -hmm. uh, if I would have stopped after one year. Uh, it wouldn't be as, I mean, per definition, it wouldn't be mm -hmm. as big today. So mm -hmm. um, persistence uh, is probably the main thing. I, uh, I I just try to remember because I watched the, I'm not very good with the figures. Mm -hmm. I needed, um, I think I needed four years to go from zero to 100,000 people on the YouTube channel. Yeah. And I needed six months to go from 600 to 700. So yeah. it, it shows uh, how the compound effect is working, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I would say consistency. Uh, what I read a lot from people is that they like uh, the way I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not only speaking slowly in English, but also in French. And yeah. uh, it's, I mean, it's helpful for people uh, for whom French isn't the la mother language, so it uh, yeah. probably help. Yeah. And I think, but that's more uh, on the side. I think what people like is that I speak a lot about personal development. So I'm not only yeah. focused on French, like yeah. you learn French verb, French words, French idioms, but yeah. I focus also a lot, probably, yes, one third of my content is about personal development. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people like to do both at the same time. So they practice their French and they learn uh, about personal development. So it's probably something that helped me uh, becoming a little bit bigger. 
Yeah, that's actually also something that I like about your channel. I mean, I I started learning French a few years ago. I live here in Belgium. My wife is Belgium. Uh, sorry, not Belgium speaking. is French speaking. Mm -hmm. So I hear French language all day long, and and I really um, I really see how people like your channel. It's indeed easy to follow. So for people who don't know exactly what you do, Johan, um, you so you have a YouTube channel where you teach people French and you do everything in French, right? Mm -hmm. So all the content is in French. Yes. You speak very slowly, you speak very clearly, and then you talk about, I don't know, you show some things about your daily life, your family, and um, you talk about personal development. Why personal development? Is that something that you're passionate about? Tell us a little bit about that passion for pers personal development and how that um, that interest in personal development has helped you creating uh, the business that you have today. Mm -hmm. I started to be interested in personal development in 2011. So it was really uh, when I uh, started Français Authentique, was, uh, it was at the same time. So really the same time period. And when you learn something and you are passionate about it, when you start reading about stuff and you you really are under the impression that these things will help your life, you want mm -hmm. to speak about it with everybody. So mm -hmm. I started to speak about it with my family and friends, but they didn't care. So they didn't want to speak about <laughs> personal development with me. Um, and it was a little bit frustrating, but I could understand and I couldn't force them. Um, and very quickly, I, it was also part of the, you know, of the test uh, phase of Français Authentique. Mm -hmm. I started to speak a little bit about these kind of things, about the thing that, thing, things that I was learning uh, in my podcasts and videos. And yeah. I saw that people were interested. So I continued to do it. And um, I think it helped me as well to stay consistent because mm -hmm. I created uh, more than 1,200 uh, pieces of content free. <laughs> I mean, I don't count the, uh, all the courses, so just videos and podcasts. And yeah. I produce three every week and you can only do it if you have passion because I, I couldn't yeah. imagine just speaking about French words and French expression uh, for so long. So that's why uh, it was also very interesting to be able to share it and to, to, to see that my audience was interested because it, it opens a lot of uh, opportunities and topic for me. Yeah. So for all you youpreneurs listening to this podcast interview with Johan here, one of Johan's recipes to success is, or ingredient in success ingredients, I should say, um, is probably consistency. But you know how the big question is: How can you be consistent? And one of the, I guess, one of the secrets as Johan is sharing here that you actually need to do something that you're really passionate about. Do you think it would have been able to be so? persistent so consistent without talking about the things you like to talk about it's hard to say i would probably raise a yes because i'm crazy and i'm sometimes yeah. able to do stuff <laughs> that i don't like but mm -hmm. uh so i think i would have been able but i'm not sure that i would have been successful because people would have uh, felt that i wasn't passionate about it yeah. and uh I think it, I wouldn't have uh, the same amount of uh, people on the YouTube channel if we just mm. take the metrics uh, that, that you took before. Uh, yeah. I think I could have done it, but not uh, as successfully. Yeah, I guess that's also the difference between you know, doing a podcast where you really go into depth or, or a video, a YouTube channel. People can see, can smell mm -hmm. if you're passionate about what you're talking about, right? Might be a little bit different in, uh, in a blog post. Definitely. Um, 
Okay, so we have talked about um, how you got started, you left your, uh, how you left your high-paid job, exchange for Francais Authentique. Let's talk a little bit more about productivity because I know you're very passionate about, about <laughs> these things. Um, tell us a little bit about your planning because you're a big fan of planning your activities, right? Yeah. Um, how do you plan your activities for, that you do for Francais Authentique? Mm -hmm. uh, I think so. I do it for two reasons, probably. Uh, the first reason is that I'm coming from a scientific background. So I'm an engineer and I worked as a project manager. So I was really used to uh, structure. Mm -hmm. And I saw that it worked. So I mean, in the automotive industry, you are able to develop uh, projects and new, uh, new cars in a very short amount of time. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's not only because people are stressed out. It's only it's also because uh, the structure enables you to be more productive. So mm -hmm. I came with this background, and uh, when I started, uh, I couldn't imagine coming in the morning and thinking, "Okay, what will I do today?" So it was to mm -hmm. me it was really uh, impossible to to think this way. So mm -hmm. I started to experiment a lot and to. Uh, to put into actions things that I already used in my previous job, uh, like uh, not having a real to-do list, but uh, planning uh, big blocks every day. Mm -hmm. And the system that I'm using right now, just to really, uh, to really summarize it, mm -hmm. is I have uh, three big goals every year. Mm -hmm. And I define every month, uh, so every, no, not every month, every, uh, I work in 12 weeks periods. So mm -hmm. every 12 weeks, I define a project that will mm -hmm. enable me to reach the goals. And yeah. every single week, so every Friday, I plan the activity that I will do the day, the week after. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, I just break my days into four big uh, chunks. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, like in four blocks. Four. Exactly, four big mm -hmm. blocks every day. And I plan on Friday, I plan the, the week after. So I uh, know on Friday evening, I already know what I will do the next week. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really enables me to work on my priority. And when I, mm -hmm. when I arrive in the office in the morning, I know what I have to do. So I don't uh, mm -hmm. lose one hour to think. I just do what is on my uh, whiteboard. And I, ex I, I execute. So the Yuan who is executing every day is not the same Yuan as the Yuan who plan on mm -hmm. Friday evening. Because the, the first one, the guy who plan is the, let's say, the CEO, the strategist. Yeah. And every day the Yuan, the, <laughs> the worker is doing the job. So I really try to have these different, uh, these, these different personalities because it enables you to be uh, to be productive so that's uh, that's how i am working i also have a a, a kind of um, production plan for my content so i uh, batch a lot of my activities so mm -hmm. i know by example that once a month i will have uh, one day to record all the videos of the month one oh, really? half a day to record all the podcasts of the month so i batch a lot how many, so how many videos do you, do you record then in one single day? Uh, ju just four, just four. So oh, I, just I, four. It, it takes me two, two thirds of a day. So three blocks of my day to, uh, to research for videos, shoot for videos and uh, look for the topics of the next four videos. Yeah. 
Is there, um, you just explained like how you plan your day and how you divide your day in, into different blocks. Is there a name for this system? Like just for the listeners? Not really. So I just, uh, I uh, mixed a lot of uh, things that I read. So I read a lot and I read a lot about productivity. Uh, the first book that I read on the topic was uh, the most famous GTD. So Getting Things Done from David Allen. Yeah. Uh, I tried to apply the system, but it's very, very complicated and not very easy to to uh, to execute on the on a daily basis. But mm -hmm. it gave me a lot of insight, so I really recommend the book um, because it gives you a lot of uh, of insights on uh, how to to plan your your days. Mm -hmm. uh, I like Michael Wyatt. He's also an influencer that wrote several books and that mm -hmm. also has his system. Um, and uh, what can I recommend as well? And then a lot, really, a lot of different books that I am uh, that I that inspired me. And mm -hmm. uh, testing a lot, it's the same as uh, creating a business. Basically, you just test the system. Uh, I used to work differently, but I see that this system is working, and I uh, I am always in uh, optimization mode. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. For all of you listening, um, and you, if you're interested in these people, these books that you all just talked about, make sure to check out the show notes because there is a link to an actual, like a full blog post where this whole, um, where we have written out this whole interview and where we have also interview, uh, sorry, where we have also added all the links to the resources that uh, Johan mentions. So make sure to check that out as well. Um, Johan, you are so productive. How can you never run out of content? I think passion is the keyword. I think passion is the keyword. My main, uh, I think my my main hobby is uh, reading. So I read a lot, and oh. uh, I'm passionate about learning about really a lot of different topics, from entrepreneurship to productivity to philosophy to really a, li a lot of different topics. Mm. And if you get a lot of quality input, so I'm not speaking about. Uh, going on Facebook and just reading a very small post, but really into uh, content, deep content. Uh, if you mm -hmm. consume a lot of deep content, you will never run out of idea, I think, uh, especially if you are passionate about it. So that's that's how I do it. Uh, I'm not copying and just um, uh, explaining mm -hmm. people's idea. I try to let them incubate. Uh, I write a lot in, my, in a journal every morning during my morning routine. And... Mm -hmm. uh, I let time to ideas to incubate and then I uh, try to explain what I understood and how I can use it uh, in my personal life. So that's that's uh, the key to be able to have a lot of ideas and to produce a lot of content. Well, I think that's a great takeaway here. I actually once read something like well, someone who said that if you don't have enough to share or if you don't have enough interesting content to share, that means that you're not learning enough. Mm -hmm. So actually you, you're confirming that here. So you basically say that the key is to get enough input so that you actually have uh, enough interesting content to share. And obviously you give your own spin to it and you do that in French, you do that in your own style for the learners so that you can not just learn French but at the same time. Yes, and learn. diversity is also very important in my opinion because if you only, by example, if you only read about productivity and only share about productivity, uh, it's not as uh, interesting for the audience. Mm -hmm. um, as if you would uh, simply take a bit of, uh, let's say, philosophy, so stoic philosophy, uh, plus productivity, plus 
something about uh, let's say uh, personal care so your your body and mm -hmm. if you mix this different kind of topic into one a big takeaway uh, mm -hmm. it's much more powerful to the audience so that's also something i am trying to do it's not easy but it's uh, it's fun to try to combine different ideas from different fields mm -hmm. do, do you have some like general tips for people who are trying to build an online language business or who are trying to build a youtube channel yeah, let's, what would be some of your you know what would be the advice that you would give beginners here Mm, so first of all, as I said before, don't uh, procrastinate and don't try to be perfect because you won't be perfect at the beginning and you will never be perfect. So this is an illusion. Mm -hmm. Take time to think, uh, but not too long. Um, mm -hmm. So that would be the first piece of advice. Uh, listen to your audience uh, and always think about the value that you bring to many people mm -hmm. uh, before they start. They are already trying to know how much they will earn and how they will scale. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not the first, uh, it's not your first job. Your job is to help people at the beginning. That's why it's, uh, it's nice, in my opinion, to, to create this kind of business when you on, uh, already have a, a, a job, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have a job and really need the money, um, it's much more difficult to focus on the value. You will always yeah. think, uh, think about the money at the beginning. Yeah. So that would be another advice. And um, yes, take your time, be consistent. It will, you, you won't be successful in three to six months mm -hmm. uh, because it's becoming uh, more difficult. I mean, mm -hmm. in 2011, when I went online, uh, and checked for businesses that was teaching French, mm -hmm. you had almost nothing. So it was uh, everything was translated. Uh, it was French English. So there was no real uh, website and platforms that were teaching directly in French. Mm -hmm. uh, if you check in 2019 or 2020, how it uh, how it is, uh, you see that uh, that the competition became very very high. So. Yeah. Um, it's something that we have to keep in mind. Uh, yeah. do, try to be different and to focus on the audience. Don't create a new uh, business that is uh, teaching just idioms, by example, because mm -hmm. you already have 20 uh, competitors. Try to yeah. find something that you're good at, that you're passionate about, and that can help your audience. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's good that you mentioned that because you were indeed one of the first guys doing this, um, doing this kind of building a language business um, based around teaching French. But on the other hand, these days, yes, there is much more competition, but there is also, I mean, it gets easier to start a blog. Mm -hmm. um, and there is also more people searching on the internet and YouTube for this kind of content. Don't you, don't you think so? Do you think that could be an advantage as well? I, I do agree. So when I say that there is more competition, I just mean that it's uh, more difficult today because as you say, mm -hmm every drawback is coming with an advantage and the advantage today is that a lot of people when they need uh, to learn something they go online and you have uh, a lot of platforms that are here to help you uh, become successful so it's not more difficult it's just uh, that there, there is more competition and when there is more competition you have to to have uh, an advantage or something that is different. That, uh, that's sure. what I meant. But it's, uh, it's not more difficult. You're right. Sure. Um, now, some of the people 
you know, might think, okay, Johan, really cool, you build a really big audience, but how do you actually make money? How do you monetize it, or this audience? Could you just give an example of a way you monetize your, your website traffic, mm -hmm. and traffic on YouTube? Yes, uh, the, the model never changed actually. So that's also something very interesting. Uh, it's, it's time proven. Um, I create a lot of content, uh, free content, as we said, and I focus on giving value. In mm -hmm. every piece of content, I have call to actions. Mm -hmm. One call to action per piece of content, very important. Don't say, uh, I have an ebook and I also have a course and I have a membership because people mm -hmm. will get confused. So one piece of content is one um, call to action. And mm -hmm. if possible, try to have your call to action related to the content that you shared, if possible. Yeah. Can you give an example of a call to action? Is this something like that you say in the end of each video? Hey, if you want more, go to my website. Or can you give an example? Yes. Yeah, so one example is uh, for people who want to. Let, let's say I uh, I record a video about a tip to learn the language, uh, and at the end I will say, if you want to apply this, then uh, go to my go to this landing page, and you mm -hmm. can have my free course, by example. Mm -hmm. I sell them. Uh, very seldom sell directly because it doesn't work. So you, it's better to to send people to your free, so to another part of your free content. I have a, I, I call it the seven rules of Français Authentique. It is a free mm -hmm. course that people can can consume in one week, and at mm -hmm. the end of this sequence, they can uh, they they can buy one of my courses. So mm -hmm. um, that's that's how I do it. Basically, free content, uh, call to action. When I have a very deep podcast about personal development i will at the end sometime at the beginning as well say that uh, if they are interested in personal development they can buy one of my book about personal mm -hmm. development so i try to always have this call to action but basically mm -hmm. the um, let's say the the model is free content brings to my mail list mm -hmm. uh, where i provide a free course and at the end of this free course they are offered uh different courses or my membership it depends mm -hmm. um, can you can you tell us what your course like let's say your main course your most popular course look like because i can imagine that people think you know you have so much free content out there why would people buy that course mm -hmm. um, what i try to try to do uh, at the beginning when i created france authentique is to uh, be able to answer this question because uh, <laughs> because i mean it's uh, it's one of the most important one if you want it to become a business yeah so uh the first course i created uh is called pack one pack one mm -hmm. just uh découverte, discovery mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. just like how can i uh can you use my uh, my system and it's the course that i'm still selling today so i didn't touch it it's still uh, on my website and it's still the course that i'm selling the most mm -hmm. uh in terms of units and uh it's just i just added uh, other stuff so when by example when i do a youtube uh, video or a podcast um i don't explain all the vocabulary all the different uh, expressions mm -hmm. um and i try to go deeper into when i do a course i, I go deeper so i have uh, let's say uh, first all my courses are built the same way i have different uh, let's say um, groups of lessons mm -hmm. 
-hmm. let's say the first one is about wine so I have a group about wine I will have a main article mm -hmm. mp3 uh, PDF and uh, video for yeah. a lot of courses and then so that's th that's the main uh, the main piece of content of this group and yeah. then I have vo uh, an explanation of all the vocabulary Uh, mm -hmm. pronunciation exercises so I try to make people a little bit more uh, active in my yeah. uh, free content they listen they are mm -hmm. uh, passive in yeah. the course I try to have these uh, passive uh, things at the beginning and then yeah. I try to make them a little bit more active that's how I yeah. would uh, describe it Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a very good example of how you can give your audience even more value by selling courses. Because as you said, you give a lot of content for free, but these are just videos. And some people, they just want to go deeper, right? So therefore, you have created these courses where they also get MP3 files, um, I don't know, worksheets where you really go into depth. And I think on top of that, so many people have been watching or have been follow you, following your channel for so long and they want... They, they want more you just yeah. you just owe it they just want to just feel that um they owe you money and they want to they want to get closer to you somehow do you also give them like personal attention or group calls or or, or not really um yes yeah, so in my i have a subscription that is called the uh, l'academy uh, france mm -hmm. authentique so the the academy and yeah. i have um one private facebook group one private whatsapp group Yeah. So we are exchanging a lot of uh, of audios and I try to, to be a little bit more personal on these groups. Yeah, so it's also a community thing that you're selling here. Yes, exactly. That's, uh, that's very important. Um, and people are looking for this. They are looking for um, deep content, but also uh, they, are, uh, they, they are searching interactions and uh, they all want to become fluent or more fluent and they all want to practice. So... It's, yeah. uh, it's a good idea to give them the opportunity. And I also uh, organize some events sometimes. So I, uh, okay. I uh, organized an event in Paris in 2017. 2018, I organized an event in Marrakech, in Morocco, mm -hmm. uh, last year in Casablanca. And this year, just a small event. So the, the first events, they were like... 35 to 50 people mm -hmm. and uh, I will organize in February 2020 another event uh, but just 10 people kind of small mastermind 10 people that I will help mm -hmm. uh, building their goals in French so it's uh, like we said before oh that's uh, really cool combination like coaching yeah So it's like coaching, but then in French, actually. Exactly. And they can combine both. So they, they have a high level in French. They understand a lot. And they want to... Uh, they, they like personal development as well. So I will coach them to build their goal for 2020. And uh, I, I organize this, uh, this mastermind in, uh, in February. So I try to go... Uh, to this direction as well, coaching, meeting people, because it's uh, ah. you you um, you help them more deeply. So it's not like I help thousand people a little bit, but I help ten uh, people a lot. Well, that's a that's a very that's a very interesting niche idea here. So it's really combining learning French and personal development, and that's in the end how you can deliver more 
value, right? Exactly. Yes, it's not, it's not easy to do because um, I think you need a big audience to do this because mm -hmm. the if we speak in terms of marketing now, uh, the conversion rate is very low because mm -hmm. the main reason why people are following France Authentique is to learn French, right? Yeah. So if you uh, create just a small niche in this big audience of people who are able or who want to learn about personal development, you are leaving a lot of people uh, outside mm -hmm. and then you are niching down uh, to people who can go to Paris, who are able to pay a high ticket. So you really need a big, big pool at the beginning to be able to organize these kind of events. Yeah. May, may I ask how much you're charging for this? Mastermind? Yes, you, yes, uh, no problem. 500. Okay. Uh, and that's for like, what, a weekend or one no, day? No, no, just one or? day. Nine to, oh, okay. nine to five uh, with, uh, so two pauses and one meal. Yeah. Uh, yes. That's, uh, well, I, I think that's nothing too crazy. I mean, I have participated in, in mastermind programs that charge $5,000 for a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that it's, not, uh, that it's not exaggerated, but I also yeah. know that a lot of people cannot afford this, especially... Yeah. It also depends on what uh, you will learn. So paying 5,000 uh, to go to a marketing event that will enable you to, to or that will enable your business to get more money is easier to justify to yourself than yeah. just going there to, to learn French <laughs> or to learn yeah. about uh, building goals. So that's, uh, yeah. that's also a big difference. Well, great. Johan, thank you. Thank you very much for taking the time. Um, I mean, we've had the opportunity to talk to each other a few times. Mm -hmm. It was like four years ago when I met you for the first time at, uh, at the Polyglot Gathering. Was that in Berlin? Yeah. And then indeed um, last month in London. But we're really happy to go more in depth today with you here on the podcast. And of course, share this interview with all the listeners. So thank you very much for that. If people want to learn more about you and about your business and about François Authentique, where can they go? So thank you again. It was also a big pleasure for me uh, to exchange. Always nice to chat with you. Uh, they can go directly to my website, francoauthentique.com. Uh, we link to every resources. So if they like podcasts, they will uh, be directed. If they like video as well, so francoauthentique.com. Johan, thank you. And thank you again. forward to meeting you soon. Want to learn how you can grow your language business or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events? Then go to our website, langpreneur.com. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.